Whether you are starting a business or running a business, maybe you are producing a podcast like The Kara Golden Show. Let's face it, it's always way harder than one might expect. Lots of little details, meticulous planning, producing product, guest coordination, editing, promoting each episode. It's all a ton of work. Managing merchandise, managing cases and book sales too, layer after layer of complexity. And if you're like me, looking for ways to operate more efficiently and effectively is the name of the game. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret. ShipStation, the tool that is here to help you and you need to know all about it. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me to manage orders from anywhere and print shipping labels with just a click. Seriously, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates, you can't go wrong. Significant savings. And who doesn't want that? An easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses? Not much churn either. 98% of them stay with ShipStation because it truly works. ShipStation is it. So if you're ready to streamline your shipping process and focus more on what you love, head over to ShipStation.com, the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. I am unwilling to give up. That I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out. Knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control. 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 Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders. We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so, so thrilled to have my next guest here. We have Aileen Drexler, who is the co-founder and CEO of Betches Media. And she is, as I said, the co-founder and CEO of Betches Media, but there are so many incredible things for us all to learn from her and hear a little bit more of the backstory. I am entertained in my feed constantly <laughs> by the content that I see on Betches. They make me smile and laugh. And, you know, it's truly an entertainment company and one that is geared towards millennial women. But I would just like to say that I'm not a millennial and I love <laughs> what you're doing. And I think that just the backstory of how you guys got started, I'll let you share a little bit more about it. But your co founders, Jordana 
Abraham and Samantha Sage were college friends at Cornell. I guess you guys knew each other even before that, which is so, so cool. And uh, just to give you guys an idea, if you have never heard of Betches, they boast an audience of over 48 million people are watching and uh, seeing exactly all of the great, great content that they are developing. So it's very, very cool. And Aileen also hosts the popular Betches podcast as well as Diet Starts Tomorrow. So you should definitely give a listen to those too. So welcome. Thank you. What an intro. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Totally. Really excited to have you here. So let's start at the beginning. I always like to get a glimpse into who you are. And in particular, who were you as a kid? Were you the sassy one, the creative one, the funny one? Where did you think that you would land eventually in life? Um, wow. Okay. We're going real far back. Um, <laughs> I was definitely um, a funny one. Yeah. I think I thought I was funny. My um, parents laughed at my jokes. <laughs> yeah. I was definitely was social. I loved to have fun with my friends, but I also really, really cared about school. I, maybe I burnt out a little too early, but um, I definitely like cared about my grades and just, I was very ambitious. But early on, I definitely cared about the balance of, you know, having fun with my friends and having a social life, even as a child, <laughs> but also making time to work really hard in school because, you know, I had, I, I wanted to be a doctor. I went to school all the way to graduated um, pre-med, but I am not doing that anymore, <laughs> as you all heard from that introduction. It's a fun story. So let's bring in your co-founders here. So Jordana and Samantha. So you guys knew each other as kids? Yeah, yeah. We, um, I met Jordana at our fifth grade graduation. Um, So we've been friends for a very long time. Sammy, she and I lived around the corner from each other. So also (laughs) we've been friends since early middle school, since we were children, really. And um, we all went to college together. A lot of people from my high school happened to go to Cornell. I don't know why. They just, I guess it was like at the time, like a feeder type of school. And we didn't really set out. None of us were business majors. We didn't really think that we were going to start a business. We definitely didn't think that we were going to do it together. Like that was not the plan, but we lived together our senior year of college in an apartment. We are all like the three of us were very have like a creative spirit. Um, We always thought about like, oh, what can we write? We wanted to write a show together. We just like felt very inspired by at the time there was like this really intense bro culture going on. This is 2011 and social media was really just like Facebook and Twitter and like people, there were blogs, you know, like in terms of just like the internet and what people were sort of doing creatively. There was like serious bro culture and we were really inspired by like the female comedians in the space. Like there was, you know, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler that wrote Mean Girls, Mindy Kaling, Chelsea Handler. And we were like, we're funny. Like, you know, nobody's doing this on the, in like the digital world, like, let's start a blog. Like, we'll do it anonymously. We'll get jobs. No, no, no one will have known that it was us. But back then the mindset was like, let's sort of 
talk about the behaviors of millennial women or people we knew in this kind of very satirical, self-deprecating, we were making fun of ourselves, this very like uh, observational way. And it went viral. And it went viral not because of like an algorithm, but because like really people were truly sharing it with their friends being like, oh my God, are you talking about me? Is this you? This is my best friend writing about me. You know my life. We didn't know that like we were sort of writing about like the you know, the mindset and the behaviors of young women. And that's kind of where it was born. And it was like very much born in like in humor and comedy and just sort of having fun. It started in creativity, not really like it wasn't business forward. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long, term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage 
absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. And the business came after. So you started as a blog. So how did that then transform into actually taking it online into video and much more? So it started as a blog because at the time we didn't really know how to, we didn't have the ambitions of making it into a business. We were just like, oh, wow, this is, this has some legs, like people really like it. And we have something on our hands. We don't really know what it is. We don't know what the future is. So let's just like continue to run with it. And like I said, at the time we were seniors in college. So we were graduating in the summer after college, you know, none of us had jobs. I wanted to go to med school, but I had this something in me that was like, I don't want to go to med school right away. And um, I was like, well, I have this to work with with my friends <laughs> and we all live near each other. So we can like logistically at home, I mean, logistically do this together. It's not like one person lived across the country. And we had the advice to like continue to work on the blog consistently, like write something every day. And another piece of advice was that maybe you should turn this into like, think about writing a book or to like really solidify the IP from this blog, like do something more significant than just kind of write on a blog. And so we did do that. And we've written three books since then. And slow and steady, we kind of went, our, our business decisions came from understanding kind of the landscape as we know it as users and consumers of media. So like when we felt like we heard about like this Instagram thing, we're like, seems weird, but I feel like people are going to use it. So we just like snatched the name Betches and we started posting and like just being like, again, like observers, like really being open-minded, understanding, like trying to figure out how everybody else is using it and sort of applying that to how can we use it as a business and really first and foremost, like content creators, because that's what we were. And so we were just trying to apply that same mindset from blogs to Instagram and figuring out what memes were and 
did a lot of that. And we launched in 2015, we launched an e-com shop. So we started Shop Betches, as you know it today. Um, before that, we had some iterations of e-com. But in 2015, we launched the one that's out now. And it's been growing ever since. And we slow and steady kind of figured out, wow, like we really need to monetize this thing from a content perspective in terms of advertising. And we found salespeople to help us. And uh, since the beginning and to this day, we've never really, we've never raised any money. We still own our business 100%, the three of us. Um, we don't have any outside investors. And um, it's been 11 years now <laughs> since we've had this business. And we've grown it since then, like from what was just a blog into a really a, a large media company. We have almost 50 employees. We have uh, a very large social media presence with 13 million um, followers, just in not just our main Betches account, but we have, we've created these sort of verticals under the Betches umbrella, these communities that are based on like the life stages or the interests of young women. So whether you follow Bravo, we have like a whole Bravo world, Bravo by Betches, whether you're a new mom or not new mom or your mom, we have Betches moms that we've launched in the last year. We have Betches brides. So it's really like a place to come and sort of get real about life. Our thing is really funny, honest, and unfiltered is our positioning in the media space. We've also launched our own original podcast network because again, it was one of those things where like people seem to be liking podcasts. You know, I feel like this might be a great medium for the Betcha's voice because it gives, you know, the full, it's not just a meme where you don't really get the context of like, you can't like be as funny as you can in write as you are in writing podcast. You can speak, and so we started podcast and just continue to evolve the company and grow. And here we are. I know that was like a long spiel, but <laughs> no, no, no. I love I love it. I've been following your brand for a while, and you're talking about all the different platforms and how do you stay true to your brand, but then how Twitter, for example, is different than Instagram, is different than TikTok. And obviously, there's some that the audiences are using video more than others. I mean, Instagram and TikTok, for example. But I'm so curious what advice you'd give to people starting to look at that, you know, as across all these platforms. And are there any platforms that you just say, we're not going there? That is just someone else's world, and that is not what we're going to be doing. For example, Twitter, you know, is probably less video, but then I met other people who think, oh, no, 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 there's definitely a, a video audience. I'm just curious how you guys look at that. Like, as you're growing the brand, I mean, there's natural places where you've got millennial women who are on Instagram and are on TikTok. But then I would imagine you'd also go into certain places where you start to figure out that you can actually grow your audience into new segments that are just finding you. And that's a pretty exciting thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we definitely think audience first. So like, like you were saying, like, where is our audience and how are they using these platforms? It's not just like, do they exist? But like, what are they using these platforms for? And like, would we make sense here? Like, would they want to meet us on this platform? Like, would we add any value 
to their lives on this platform creating content? Or is this not somewhere they want to meet us? Like, that's fine too. Yeah. Um, it's really just like understanding in terms of advice, like understanding like your value add and like your place in a person's or your audience's or your consumer's life um, and showing up there. So for us, Twitter is a great place to like write, you know, some jokes and commentary for sure. Um, but from a revenue perspective, there is not really a lot for us to be also like making money on Twitter. So we like, there, we're there just for like the sake of just entertainment. But for us, like we're a business, we need to make money. Um, and there's more monetization opportunities on other platforms. So that's kind of how we prioritize which platform. But um, in terms of how we show up, it's it's thinking about like what kind of content does well on that platform. Like creating videos for Instagram is like different than creating a video for TikTok. And just knowing that you're ahead of the game, figuring out what the difference is for your audience is like the next step. And then if like, again, you are a media company or you're making, depends on how revenue, like what your revenue um, pursuit is, I guess, or the means to how you're making money. But thinking about um, wh- where would it make sense for you from a revenue perspective? Where do you have um, potential to to make money? And where do you have potential to grow your audience? So when you guys decided to go and start this company, what was kind of the first thing? I mean, you mentioned starting a blog, but did you guys write a business plan? I mean, were you guys going to a local coffee shop or grabbing beers and starting to think about, we're going to go do this business and make it work? And I mean, what was kind of the first, the early moments of actually starting to think, okay, let's go do this and see what happens? The early moments, I mean, we were in the beginning, we didn't write a business plan because we didn't know what that was. (laughs) And we didn't know, like, we kind of wanted to be like, let's just, you know, do stuff. Like, it was just sort of like, create. we were very much approaching with a creative mindset rather than like like a business mindset, because that's kind of the way that we thought we were also just like out of college and very much living in the moment rather than thinking, you know, five, 10 years ahead in the very beginning, I'm not at all saying that that was what it was like after that. But in the beginning, the early moments were like, the thing that matters is like, let's just write really, really quality content, something that will make people laugh, something that will make people share, and let's do it consistently. And that was really just like the plan in the beginning. And let's see if we can continue to catch on, like if this will continue to catch on, or is this like just you know, a fluke. Like, will people stop caring about us next year? And then like, do I have to go, we find a real job. And it turned out like the more that we were consistent, the more that we really cared about like everywhere, like they cared about the quality, the more people kept sharing and the more engagement we had and the more we were growing. So then we were like, okay, it's time to like really turn this into a business. How do you make money? Because businesses make money. So how do you make money? And it was just figuring that like kind of step by step. And having in the at the top of our minds like the vision was really quality entertaining content for young women that was like very real we never since the beginning the voice was really important we never wanted to feel like it was a business or something very corporate like the way in which we were communicating with our audience it had to always feel like friends speaking with friends and 
that's that was like at the core of the content we were creating. And it also, we cared about quality. We never, we really hated like clickbait stuff and just, you know, getting a click for the sake of, you know, a click. <laughs> we wanted to, we didn't understand that actually. We were like, but how do you keep that? Per- who is that person who's clicking? I don't, why am I paying for that person to click? Like I'd rather someone share and it be a real quality audience member who comes back and reads again. Like that's what the way that we were thinking about audience growth at the time. And, you know, obviously over time that changes as you grow and the internet has evolved <laughs> like seven times over since then. Um, but yeah, that's how, that's how we were kind of thinking about it in the beginning. I'm so curious, as you were building the company, did you think that you had to go out and find experienced people who had built a network? What was your experience with those people? And I asked because when I was building Hint, I had actually been in media for years prior to having this idea to start Hint, but... I assumed that I had to go find somebody who worked at Coke or Pepsi because I had no idea what I was doing. And when I finally figured out that I could read a lot, I could go on Google, I could cold call people to start to figure stuff out along the way, that to some extent, experienced people were actually putting up walls in front of me saying that I couldn't do things. So you can't do it that way. And I feel like you guys have broken down a lot of walls. But I'm so curious, when you have experienced people that are sitting alongside you, and you're young, right? You're inexperienced in their mind, oh, we're going to tell you the way. And did you find like they would ask for permission versus like just going out and trying and trying to pave new ways? Yeah, I think that makes sense. And also like that comes with some like, you know, how they say, or it's a smart way to think is like find people that compliment like your weaknesses. So like if you know that you're not strong in a certain area of business, find someone to help you in that area. But at the same time, it depends like where that, like what your um, drive is for that. Is it, do you really not think that you're good at it or is it just self-doubt? Like you don't, not, not sure that you can figure it out yourself. So like, I think for us, sometimes it was like, oh, maybe people know better than us in certain areas. We're not business, le- like we're, we don't have this experience in business. But then, you know, we've had some help along the way in terms of like either advisors or just, you know, in certain areas. And over that course of time, I definitely know what you're talking about. But over that course of time of working with different people with different skill sets, you sort of learn what you actually are really good at and what actually you do need help with. And like that self-doubt starts to really go out the window and you start to trust yourself more. And you say like, I can, there are things that I can figure out. There are things, there are, there is advice I can get from other people. But again, it's just advice. I don't have to take it. And like the more advice you get, you can sort of like take it all in and just that's what makes an entrepreneur is that like you or a leader that's like, that's what you're the one making the decision at the end. You're not having someone telling you what to do. Um, with the exception of like, I would say (laughs) finance and like taxes and accounting like that, I very much leave to like experts (laughs) in the matter. That's not something I'm not even, I'm even trying to figure out because I don't want to get in trouble. Um, (laughs) So that's absolutely someone I like, you know, we've had our CPA for 11 years and, you know, someone you can like trust in that area. But um, I very much know what you're talking about. And it comes with, 
I think experience in like working with people trying in different ways of working with people to learn that either you can figure it out or you actually need help. I can only imagine in those, you know, first couple of years. I mean, here you are, one of the first digitally native media companies, not only founded, but also led by women. You're going after this millennial audience. You're going on platforms that many of those experienced people hadn't had experience on, yet you had been sort of you know, either on those platforms or you just sort of got them, right? Probably quicker than the others. So I feel like it's exactly what you were saying that I think, you know, your own insecurities come up because you don't have experience. And what I'm always telling entrepreneurs is that, you know, the key thing that that you have to sort of get your arms around is the fact that you don't need to hurry, right? You can actually go and figure stuff out along the way, especially if it's unique and different. And I think to some extent, not having experience, like people, they find it endearing to some extent that you're going out and doing something pretty big. And especially when you're getting traction and they want to support the underdogs. So I bet those early years were, were certainly interesting. Right. And it, like it's a lot of learning about yourself too and like what you are good at too. So like I said earlier, when we were launching our e-com platform, when we were launching our shop site and um, selling merch, we thought that we didn't know what our audience would buy or we didn't know how to make designs or what would look good. And we hired a company to sort of help us just create all of that. And we just let them lead. And then in that process, we realized like, I don't, I don't know if I like this, but should I not speak up because they know better? So maybe let them keep up. But then, and it kept going like that. And in the end, when we launched that, we didn't even want to promote it because we were like, I don't really it's feel ugly. comfortable. Yeah. Promo- this isn't for our audience. And that's when it clicked that like, actually the re like we should be only putting out things that we would want to promote that doesn't even make any sense and like why wouldn't we trust our gut it is our company you know like maybe that would work for a different company for a different audience sure it's not bad but it's not ours it doesn't like match our brand and so that was a really big lesson for us i guess it wasn't a failure but it was a big lesson we closed down that like ecom operation we revamped it thought about a lot of lessons that i learned and like launched shop etches on our own sort of very scrappily like i i built the website on shopify i designed all the things i learned how to use photoshop and partnered with an amazing print shop local print shop and it just it went crazy and that's because again like we I, you trust your gut i think that was that was really important with working with other people is trusting your gut knowing your audience and just yeah like going with that intuition how do you think all of the issues that in particular women are dealing with right now and obviously roe versus wade and all of the stuff going on around that how do you guys think about that as you're developing content i mean that's just one example but obviously in even the last few years i mean the pandemic and you know women i don't think that they left the workforce by choice. I mean, I, you know, like having to leave because they were making less money. I mean, all of those kind of things. Do you think about that? Like when you guys are developing content? Oh, absolutely. We have a a whole vertical called the Betches Sup, which is about news and activism 
and we make sure that we cover all those types of topics and we're talking about it and you know like you have to create content with the audience in mind and thinking about like okay if this is what the audience ourselves included are going through you can't just ignore issues so like absolutely and it's all all about the way in which you communicate that content you have to be like respectful of like people's feelings emotions what people are going through and just navigate smartly I guess and yeah so we definitely don't skirt around issues but at the same time we are an entertainment company so again knowing where the value add is for for our audience if they come to us to laugh and um, to shed light on certain issues, we choose, again, which issues you can shed light on, like, again, very, very thoughtfully. But yeah, it's just sort of navigating that. But it's done with a lot of thought and communication within the company. Yeah, I hope that answered your question. No, definitely did. So I saw you recently got into the beverage industry. So with uh, (laughs) faux pas. So how did that come about? Oh boy, thank you for bringing that up. I'm so excited about faux pas. We started creating it two years ago with our partner, E.G. Gallo. And um, they also own High Noon and a bunch of other really amazing um, beverage brands. And um, we knew we always wanted to make like a a tequila or a vodka-based drink because we know that based on our data and also knowing just like our audience, like that's what our majority of our audience drinks and also from a lot of surveys that like a majority of our audience does drink. So we're like, and, and from a lot of people writing in, we have a lot of like two way communication with our audience. They've always, I've just always seen, please make a drink. It would be amazing. So we're like, what is that for us? And so we created a canned cocktail line um, that just came out three months ago in April called faux pas. There's four different flavors Um, It's 8% alcohol, so it is delicious and strong. (laughs) And we have two tequila, two vodka-based spicy mango margarita, um, a grapefruit orange tequila soda. We have a Bartlett pear vodka mule and a lemon mint vodka soda. It is selling like crazy. And I'm so excited about it because we put so much energy, creative energy, and just like so much effort into making a really, really good drink because we really care that this wasn't just, I mean, the cans are beautiful. There's really funny copy that's so in brand for us and all of that. We care that it like looked good on the shelves and that people could Instagram with it. We really cared about that, that it tasted really good and that people would come back like, yeah, they took their picture, but then they told their friends and then they went back for another. And that also this drink was something that our audience and young women could like enjoy with friends and that would create connection with friends and it would add some meaning to their weekends. Like, oh, they had such a great night by with drinking faux pas by Betches. Like, wow. And they have this like now new connection to our brand, whether it was a great night out or just a fun conversation of bonding with their best friends. Like that's, that was also really important to us when making this brand. And I'm so excited people are liking it. People are like, this is really the best canned cocktail I've ever drank. Like, and that is very, it's a very rewarding feeling because knowing how much we put into it. 
are you selling it online or is your partner primarily responsible for it's selling it? In liquor stores, since it's it's a liquor, like there's a lot of, you know, like laws and regulations around it. So you have to sell it in liquor stores or, or restaurants and bars. Right now it's available in 16 states because it just came out. So 16 markets, but we're expanding it as demand increases. If you, if you want to see if it is available in your state or in your area, you can also check on Drizzly app or on our website, but Drizzly can also just like have it delivered to you. But yeah, it's, it's sold through the legal ways in which you can sell alcohol. <laughs> Got it. So when companies start, there's always like a mission and a reason for starting. You talked a little bit about that, but do you think that's evolved? I mean, how do you see as your audience has grown? I mean, they've grown up, right? There's a loyal audience and people mm-hmm. are going through different life stages. Maybe they started with you in their early 20s. Maybe they're having kids. Maybe they're not having kids. Maybe... They're going through a time when they're really thinking, do I even want kids or whatever it is? Like, how do you think about your mission overall? And especially as you continue to grow and stay in business. Yeah, um, I hear you about like people growing up, everything changes. I, I just had a baby <laughs> almost less than a year ago. Things definitely change. Um, but for us, our mission is really to create a space or provide a space for women to get real about life, funny, honest, and unfiltered. So that's like, where can we show up? We can show up in many different areas, what, whatever your life stage is, whatever your interests are. Like we can show up as long as there's a conversation to be had where you can like really talk like vulnerably, but also you can laugh through certain things that are going on in your life, whether that's motherhood or relationships and dating or that's like news and pop culture. Like there's, if there's a conversation to be had, if there's like something where you can like talk about it as if you're talking with your friends and saying something real um, and honest and unfiltered um, and also with like a funny spin, that's where we can exist. And I think that the we've spent 10 years, 11 years, excuse me, like really building our brand equity so that we can exist in multiple spaces, multiple conversations and verticals, and that we can expand past media. Like we're launching a cocktail, we launched a cocktail that's like not, it's a real product that exists in real stores that you're holding and drinking and consuming that's different than a meme or a podcast. So over those 11 years, we really cared about building that brand and that loyalty that you speak of is really important to us. Like the engagement and the communication we have with our, and the connection that we have with our audience is really important. Yeah. The, the mission's sort of, it's, it's evolved, but it's, it's pretty much stayed the same. It just evolved because we became more professional <laughs> um, and like really figured out like, what is our space? Like continue to build out that like white space for batches, especially as media continues to evolve. Did you ever think about doing a, a male version of this network? Yeah, but no. <laughs> I I don't need to be everything for everyone. Like that's not that's not the goal. It's, you know, let's let's give women something. <laughs> you know, let's keep it for, you know, women and just um because there's a lot to discuss within like the things that we deal with and and there's male counterpart brands and they can try to get the female market, but we have it. 
That's so great. Well, thank you so much, Aileen. And it's so nice to always meet people behind the brands. And every time I'm watching, I will be thinking about you for sure, because it it is, I truly feel like it's an advantage for entrepreneurs when you get out there and people can actually see who's behind it. Because, I mean, that's the difference between uh, large brands today that are older brands, they don't have the founding stories. And I think your founding story is so incredible and and how you've weathered storms. You jumped in with friends to go into a very competitive business that you're growing and shining in many respects. So I really admire that a lot. And I know everybody else will as well. And if you have not seen Betches, then you have been living under a rock and you should definitely (laughs) get on social media and go figure out where to find Betches for sure. But where is uh, the best place to follow you as well, Eileen? You can find Betches, betches Betches.com. You can see everything that we have, all of our podcasts, all of the Instagram channels, accounts, everything, shop Betches. If you want to follow us at Betches on Instagram, you can follow me personally at Aileen. It's A-L-E-E-N. Just look up Betches on your platform of choice and hopefully we're there. Totally. And thanks everybody for listening to this incredible episode. Definitely give it five stars. It helps a ton with the algorithm. Definitely subscribe as well. If you are not already a subscriber, that is a a must, must do so that you get to hear incredible interviews from founders and CEOs who are building great, great companies like Betches. And just a reminder, I can be found on all platforms too at Kara Golden. And if you haven't picked up a copy of my book, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters, Building the Company of Hint, definitely do so. And we are now here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, three times a week. So hope you will all continue listening and definitely give us a review, shoot us a DM and let us know what you're thinking. And thanks again, Aileen. It was such a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening.